The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. A Red Table Talk exclusive. The only child of Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin. Do you remember your first anxiety attack? I mean, when I was a kid, it was really based around divorce. Willow, one-on-one with Ireland. I just hit a total breaking point. I didn't talk to my parents for like a year. I think I would have committed suicide. Then, for the first time in 14 years, her mom, Oscar winner Kim Basinger, opens up about her severe panic attacks. I wouldn't leave the house. I would no longer go to dinner. I had to relearn to drive. How did you feel when you saw that Ireland was also suffering? An important conversation that affects millions. Oh, J.D., you you have no idea. Thank you for having me. Yes. So nice, nice to, to meet see you. you. Nice to meet you too. Yes. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, fun setup. Yeah, right? We, we can get we can get a little comfy. I'm just so happy we're here. Me too. To talk about this. 264 million people around the world experience some form of anxiety or panic attacks. Yeah. I know that, including me, most everybody that I know has um, struggled with some kind of anxiety or yeah. panic. It doesn't come down to getting really expensive therapy. Totally. It's just about having conversations like yeah. this and letting it out. I just think it's super important to just talk about it. And I want to ask you, like, what was your first time experiencing anxiety or panic attacks? 
I didn't really want to call it anxiety for a long time because I think it kind of makes you feel weak. It makes you feel like you're put in a box totally. of sorts. I think I've had it my whole life since I was a kid. I just don't think I was comfortable calling it what it was. I just, I felt so ashamed of it, you know? I just didn't, and I didn't really understand like what was happening to me. Yeah, I definitely relate to not wanting to call it anxiety or not even like knowing that it's anxiety. Yeah. I feel like when I was growing up, I was always told I was like being a brat. Right. Or yeah. like being ungrateful or like having a fit. When in reality, I was kind of dealing with a deeper emotional issue. Right. Do you remember your first anxiety attack? When my parents were getting divorced, that was really when... Ireland was just a toddler when her parents split. A years-long, bitter, very public custody battle followed. When she was 11, a devastating voicemail from her father to her was leaked to the press. The worldwide coverage was inescapable. I think for any child, divorce is traumatic, extremely traumatic. And I, I don't think most people can imagine how it must feel to have that trauma broadcast or everything for that happens everyone to everyone to see. Everyone can read about it. I can remember playing with friends. I'm at playdates. I'm in school. I'm staying at friends' houses. I'm like hidden from the realities of it all. But you know, when you get older, when you have access to the internet, when you have friends in school, older kids, you know, coming to you and asking you, "Oh, well, is this true?" Yeah. or did that, it starts to manifest. One hundred percent. And I think the other point I'll make that you and I share is. Mm -hmm. Always trying to have to individualize. That's yes. a big one. Yes. My anxiety is so deep and rooted in that. Yeah, having Me, to be being your own person, making sure that people person. respect you for who you actually are, not just for who your mother is or who your father is. Or what they think you should do. Coming to terms with that and being like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I'm going to model for now, or mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to act, or I guess I'm going to do this because this is what people yeah. expect of me. And you have a lot more to prove because you're always going to have that comparison to your parents. 100%. I don't think I ever would have been scouted as a model if it weren't for who my parents are. Nothing makes me want to peel my fingernails off more than doing like a Basinger Baldwin spread Ooh, in a, yeah. you know, a magazine. Yeah. And then facing the criticism and the comparisons. And then that anxiety for me is like extremely toxic. Since Ireland's first modeling job at 17, she's had to face comparisons to her mother. She's been a target of critics and on social media, often getting vicious comments on her appearance and weight. I know I've struggled a lot with body image, like even still today. Do you think that coming into modeling, that whole world just sparked a little bit more of that anxiety just through a different perspective? It ruined my brain. Yeah. Wow. I had already had so many body issues, yeah. eating disorders, totally. all that stuff that I had before I even got into modeling. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of my modeling career, I was like, why am I even doing this? Totally. <laughs> Like you just kind of just felt like you needed to do it or that was yeah. just 100%. Like, I remember keenly like when I first started really going hard with the modeling and working a lot, mm -hmm. I would travel and go on these trips to work and like wake up the next day and just be physically sick. Yeah. I remember one specific time I had to get myself out of the hotel room yeah. with like all of my might because every five minutes I was throwing up. Yeah, I know that exact feeling. I was gonna be the model actress mm -hmm. that people wanted me to be, you yeah. know? But I would go to these big events and I'd be like, what am I here even promoting? 
Why am I here? Totally. The top five worst panic attacks I've ever had in my life, mm -hmm. I had at this Harper's Bazaar dinner. Mm. And I literally had to go outside and rip my dress off. Yeah. It was like so tight. tight. Took my necklace off and I was, I was, gonna, I was dry heaving yeah. in the street yeah. in New York, like throwing up mm -hmm. full, you know. These emotions <sighs> take a toll physically. And they love to come out at the most inconvenient times ever. <laughs> it's like, I need to work. Please don't do this to me yeah. right now. I suffer from cardiophobia. And you're like, what is don't that? Don't know what that is. <laughs> I didn't know either until I did a lot of research for a very long time. I have a fear of my own heartbeat. So when it wow. starts getting really fast, mm -hmm. even when I'm nervous, even slightly nervous, or if I exercise or anything, I start panicking to the point where I'm convinced no matter what anyone says that I'm gonna have a heart attack wow. and I had to go to a hospital. So I've had maybe over 20 hospital visits mm -hmm. in my life for a doctor to basically come in and tell me that my heart's fine yeah. and my health is great. And mm -hmm. that would be this huge release for me, this comfort. Seeing an EKG monitor tell me that my heart's okay. Yeah. I've had paramedics come to my house I'm like, listen, you don't understand. It's happening this time, yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. I've had the same paramedics come to my house a few times yeah. and they're like, here we go again with the girl with the fake heart attack, oh, you know? No. But it's so crippling because everyone kind of looks at you like you're young and fit and healthy. You're fine, you're fine. But the you're fine, I want to like wow. deck people in the face <laughs> that tell me yeah. I'm fine, you yeah. know, or to breathe. Do you think that there were any specific experiences that you had that made you focus on your heart in particular? I saw someone have a heart attack when I was a kid. It was a stranger in a restaurant and that messed me up. I think that image never left my head ever. That makes sense. That's a traumatic experience and that stays with you. Oh yeah. Was there ever a mental health conversation in your house when you were growing up? My mom struggles with anxiety and she's definitely my go-to, totally. my person. So yeah. she's, me too. <laughs> yeah. So she's who I call when I'm panicking, when I'm having an anxiety attack or in, when it's starting to build up. Totally. I just, I know to call my mom, but she's tough. Yeah. So she's just kind of like, go to work, make money, do your thing. Totally. Who cares about any of this? Save yeah. up. In some way, I feel like that strong kind of attitude is amazing in some points, but Sometimes you need to go to that soft place and be like, I'm human. You want to be held. Yeah, like yeah. I'm human, I'm hurt. My mom is one of the strongest people. Yeah. She's so unapologetically herself. She really could give less of a, you know what, totally. what people think of yeah. her. And I envy that in her more than anything because I care so much what people think, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm such a people pleaser. Totally. And with her, she manages the energy vampires and bloodsuckers very well because she's like, okay, yeah, exactly. all right, bye. Exactly. Yeah, on, bye. And then she goes home and is like, ass totally. you know what I mean? I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Really, she manages. How does your mother help you manage? Whew. It was rough. I feel like when I was growing up, she didn't understand my anxiety because she, growing up, had seen her friends die. Right. Like, she had been through so much stuff that, like, my issues to her kind of felt, like, smaller. And that was very frustrating for me as a child. Of course. Yeah. Because I was like, how can you not see my internal emotional struggle? Yeah. But, like, really recently, she, we had a talk, and she was like, 
I never knew that I actually experienced anxiety. Right. And she was pushing it down and pushing it down for so many years. Like, she had no idea. So I kind of had to forgive her a little bit. Yeah. For, like, being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I get it, but, like, it's really not that bad. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. But it's very real to you. Your experience is real to you. Totally. I've been through so much before I really got help. I was in a, a really abusive relationship, and I did go to a treatment center. Wow. So I've been through a lot of different kinds of abuse. I have been in physical abusive relationships, and for so long I didn't want to call, just like I didn't want to call my anxiety anxiety. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to call the forms of abuse I had been through in a lot of ways. And here's the other thing. I had been abusive to people, uh, unknowingly, because yeah. I'm not hitting them or totally. I'm not, you know, being getting physical, but there were there was a lot of learning I had to do and a lot of acceptance of, okay, wait, that was abusive behavior. I was an abuser yep. towards someone else. Mm -hmm. But at that time I just hit a total breaking point and I was self-medicating with Xanax and I was drinking and I have a lot of alcoholism and drug addiction in my family. I had a night where I went way too far with drinking and taking pills because I couldn't even go to bed at night. I was so afraid yeah. of this relationship. And when I went to this drug and alcohol treatment center, I learned that I didn't have an addiction to a substance, but I have an addiction to wanting to fix people. Mm -hmm. That's my addiction. I'd fixate on anything yeah. until it shatters my everything around me. Mm -hmm. That relationship brought a lot of really shady people in my life. And um, I had isolated all of my real friends, isolated my family. I had no control in anything in my life. I tortured myself with my eating disorders that I had. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to my parents for like a year. Wow. Like I saw them here and there, mm -hmm. but I was so ashamed of of what I had become and how I was living. And like, I just became this different person. Yeah. I was this like emaciated in every way. I was lifeless. And I don't mean in like a, you know, literal skinny way, but just like my soul, soul. everything was just shrunk, yeah. you know? And family wise, you know, my cousin Haley. Mm -hmm. Haley's older sister is like my sister. Mm -hmm. I love Haley. Haley's like my sister too, but Alaya. Love Alaya. Well, she was the one who booked a ticket from New York, came to L.A. to see me. She was like, something's up. You know, I sensed something. And she saved my life, you wow. know. I think I would have committed suicide or I would have been dead. For sure. I was so close. Wow. And, like, I was so close I could feel it yeah. to getting to that point. And she saved my life. She pulled me out of it. Wow. I feel like people like that are so important. Totally. How can a loved one, boyfriend, girlfriend, or just friend, help a person going through a panic attack <laughs> in the moment? Okay, so I love this question because I've had friends, I've had boyfriends who just had no clue how to manage my anxiety. And it would make me 10 times more anxious because they didn't understand or they were very dismissive. I think the most important thing, I'm gonna use my now boyfriend as an example or my mom. If I tell them I wanna to go to a hospital, they don't even question it, they yeah. drive me there. Mm -hmm. I've dated people who have been like, this again? <sighs> this past Christmas, I had a horrible anxiety attack and my boyfriend, he's like, all right, 
let's go, get the keys. Totally. You know, and just getting to the hospital, breathing in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm fine now. Totally. He's like, okay, let's go home. You know, yeah. it's like making it not such a big deal, mm -hmm. not making someone feel ashamed or embarrassed for and whatever. And just caring in the moment. Yeah. And I think one other thing I'll say is reach out to people. Totally. Like check on people, ask if they're okay. Yeah. Because anxiety manifests itself in a lot of ways and it swirls and turns into depression. People feel trapped, like they don't have an escape and be someone's escape, you yes. know? Wow. That's so, beautiful. Thank you. Shall we go to the red table and continue this amazing conversation with our beautiful mothers yeah. and grandmother? Let's do it. Hey guys! Hey ladies! Hey! <laughs> How was it to be able to feel like and you could topic. have such an open conversation like that? Mm -hmm. You feel less alone, like a breath of fresh air. That's mm -hmm. how it felt. Same. I feel like therapy. Totally. You know? So Ireland, your mom has agreed to join us. This is a big moment and an honor. Oscar winner Kim Basinger seemed to have it all. A booming career, a movie star husband, and a string of iconic films. From James Bond to Nine and a Half Weeks, Batman, and L.A. Confidential. But behind the scenes, Kim continued to grapple with the crippling anxiety that plagued her since childhood. After a difficult divorce played out in public, Kim seemed to disappear from the spotlight. Now, for the first time in nearly 15 years, Kim is opening up, together with her daughter Ireland, to share their struggles with mental health. Start with so you. Nice, nice to meet you. It's so nice, nice to meet you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank brilliant. you. She's brilliant. Hi, doll. Hi. Such a beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful job. You know, it's so interesting to be able to watch two young people sit together and, and have a conversation like that. You know, just as a mom, because we didn't get to do that. That's very true. You know, I didn't come up in a time where that kind of conversation was even allowed. Right. And I'm sure with you right. too, Kim. Like, you know, we were children and it was like, you know, be seen and not heard and sit down and just do what you told. Same with you. Right. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I, I was really a very um, high octane type kid. And I was very perceptive about what was going on in my house, the strife, the fights. And right. I was just very, very sensitive. Yeah. It affected me seeing my mom struggle. She was a very dark woman. Yeah. She was a beautiful woman, but she was troubled yeah. deeply. Yeah. And I saw her struggle with anxiety her whole life. And I always had a great fear of something happening to my mom. I was so afraid. And then that started affecting me in so many ways that I felt like I had to be home with my mom to save her. So. I would take it to school and I would lie. I would make up excuses so the teacher would send me home. Yeah. Right. After a while, they began to think that something was really differently wrong with me. Yeah. Do you know? So they made me take all kinds of tests. They made me draw funny pictures. And basically, it was child anxiety. Yeah. But they did not see things like that. Yeah. Right? And and it took me into adulthood to 
to really mm. find out as I was being helped for my anxiety right. to really reckon with that journey. I had gone on with my mom to try to save her was part of my problem. How did your anxiety manifest in your adulthood? You had a condition where you stayed in the house for oh, yes. agoraphobia. agoraphobia. I literally was in a health food store one day. It was my neighborhood store. I was going down aisle number three. My basket was almost full. And um, I found something really overcoming me in such a way mm -hmm. that I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So I left the basket and I made it to my car and that was the last time I drove for almost six, seven months. Got it, wow. got it. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't leave the house. I would no longer go to dinner. Yeah. I could not even have people for dinner. We tried that. And it's really horrible to feel that it won as, as really fiercely as I did during those years, right. you know, and not know what it was. It's like something just completely shuts down within you and you have to relearn everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I had to relearn to drive. Right, right. And for many years, I would not go through the tunnels at Malibu. Wow. Everything used to make me nervous, like the glass going to open the door or where do I step to open the door? Everything became a big job right. to figure out how to do it. You live with a dry mouth all the time. Mm. You're very shaky. You're just so exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. How were you able to manage that? We had heard about this center. It just helps people with anxieties and panic attacks. Got it. And I did my six months and learned how to redrive and everything else I had to do. And I was really scared because I didn't want to tell anybody in my work right. what was happening. So it's got to be a really hard way to exist. Yeah. Because oh. you're not really living your life. We actually have a family member who I think probably suffers from a form of agoraphobia. Yeah, we do. And we never knew that. We didn't understand. We didn't understand yeah. her behavior or lack thereof. Like she wouldn't come out and come around. And we kind of took it personally Absolutely. that she didn't want to be yeah. with us. And people do take it personally. Yeah. Oh, she and doesn't want to come to dinner again. Or yeah. she doesn't want to do this. And people don't understand these right. things. So when you really feel like you're in it alone, it is a horrible feeling. It's always had a stigma on it. Yeah. About everything. People just sure. think you're crazy. It's, it's crazy. Right. That's it. And people try to take you down. She's nuts. Don't get near her. Don't right. deal yeah. with her. Everybody thinks I'm a hermit. It is hurtful, horrible, and it flows from one generation to another. It does. Yeah. But I tell you, Ireland has been a great teacher and a great healer for yeah. me. For yeah. me. She has no idea what she's done for me in my life to battle this. She I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts brought me out of my shell. Kim, how did you feel when you saw that Ireland was also suffering from anxiety? What did that bring up for you? Oh, J.D., you, you, yeah. you have no idea. When she started twisting her hands, because my mother always put her hand over my hands because I would twist my hands my whole life. To see her hurt, yeah. it used to hurt me worse than anything probably could it, there's no description, yeah. really. We went through a heavy-duty, very 
out loud when you're in the public divorce. Yeah. And she had to go through that very rough time. So, Kim, I want to ask you, I know that co-parenting can be really, listen, parenting can be difficult <laughs> in Ireland, having the anxiety issues that, that she's had. Was that a difficult process with Alec, or were you guys able to kind of see eye to eye on how to handle it? Eye to eye? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that right. was not, Alex's a funny one. Um, uh, you know, we, we're all fine. We all get along with whatever. But he's been, <laughs> but he's a challenge. I mean, come on. <laughs> We've had our challenges. And I don't think Alec was um, emotionally or mentally available for yeah. that kind of talk. Right. Um, Alec you know, operates in a very different way mm -hmm. in his life. He deals with anxiety greatly. So, I know. Yeah, sure. But he's someone who I agree. grew up in a family that would suppress that yep. as well or tell him he's weak yeah. Yeah. Like, for feeling that way. Put your big boy panties on. Yeah, yep. Yeah. There's things I would go to my father for. Mm -hmm. But if I ever even mm -hmm. tried to have this conversation in, in any way with him, I don't think he would be able to really absorb yeah. any of it, you know, yeah. or understand any of it. it. He can't really sympathize yeah. as much with it, but it's not his fault. And he's gotten better. way better. Way better. I mean, like, I think he really suppressed his anxiety, like, up until pretty recently. He's really been dealing with things that kind of have been thrown at him. He's been forced to Absolutely. finally deal with these things. That's what God does to us. Yeah. yeah. Makes it, you know, this is in a position you. that we can no longer run. I'm with you. It took me a long time to understand Mm -hmm. Willow. It really Same. did. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a Still trying. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just her anxiety. I had a very difficult time relating because two things, her lifestyle and how she was brought up is very different than mine. I don't know what it's like to be a child under hot lights. And then just really not knowing how to comfort her, not knowing what help she needed, not Absolutely. understanding the behavior. behavior. Even though I used to chew my fingernails oh, down to bless the, your heart. Yeah, and cuticles all Even when up. I was little. She did too. Yeah, I'll still go at them a little bit, mm -hmm. but I used, they didn't say that that was anxiety. Right. Oh my God. I was a nail biter. Right. That's right. it, right? I never identified it and as anxiety. One thing I would say in having to deal with and learn about her anxiety, I've had to look at some of my own behaviors of and then behaviors of my mother and go, well, of course I probably would have some anxiety in regards to how I grew up. It was very difficult, even to this day, you know, and just being there for her in the way that she needs. I think my anxiety used to trigger you. It did. Yeah. Like, and you would just be like, no. I'd like, just be like, what, what I can't this? look at this. But yeah. what would anxiety look like for you? Just like, like on the floor, tears, shaking, screaming, yeah. confused, angry. Stomping, like. and I'd be like, hey. Yeah. See, but that? you said the key thing. It triggered something in you. Yeah. Not even recognizing your own. Do you yeah. know what I mean? A little bit. Because your nail biting is huge. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. She used to do it so badly to the quick that I used to try to just do anything. I said, I, I just hold her hands, do anything, offer to pay her, which never worked for anything. <laughs> you know, but I think in our world, I almost saw it as a weakness. Yeah. You know, like we just couldn't afford to be anxious. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, you had your ways of escaping. Right. 
That's right. true. You did, Gam. Yeah. I yeah. escaped through my, my drug Market use. D- yeah, exactly. You know, which also numbed me to whatever was going on with you. I just yeah. didn't want to face it, deal with anything in my life. Right. So I guess what I'm seeing is this cycle of generational anxiety. Yeah. What are some of the coping methods that you use when you feel a panic attack coming on now? It just brings me comfort. tremendous comfort yeah. to regulate my blood pressure. I know it's ridiculous, but it's my... No, it's my, not. It's what you need. It helps. Do you still carry a blood pressure machine mm-hmm. with you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Blood pressure cuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. blood pressure cuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. $20 on Amazon. Right. And it's like, it's helped me so much. It's so Honestly, great. I would come home and collapse in her driveway, and I'd be like, call somebody, or I'd collapse in my bathroom. Yeah. I'm like, call somebody, and, something's and, and happening to me. just the floor, something's happening to me. It's my, you know, and of course, when things would happen to Ireland like that, and I would have to call the paramedics, I just want to make sure you weren't going to have a heart attack. you have to laugh at these things. I mean, she wasn't just doing this on purpose. This yeah. was really happening to her. Yeah, and it's, it was a, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. 100%. Yeah. I had an anxiety attack before I went to the doctor. Oh, boy, yeah. And my blood pressure was really high. I was just heaving, and your body's just stressed. You need yeah. to chill. It's really interesting how anxiety works. Yeah. Because even for Willow, she would be nervous going, you know, like to perform. Mm-hmm. But she wouldn't have an anxiety attack. Mm-mm. But she could be but sitting don't in let her me room mess up. <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then it and, and then, then it triggers. Absolutely. It's totally yeah. different. You're not sitting with yourself when you're performing. No. You're 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 in it, you yeah. know? That's an yeah. interesting point that you're not sitting with yourself. You're, you're out of yourself. You're out of yourself a bit versus having to sit alone with, your with thoughts. you and, and then think your about thoughts yeah. come. I could be as happy as can be and I could be like at lunch, my favorite restaurant, or at home watching a movie, and even. have, and all of a sudden I'll just feel yeah. boom, 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 I, boom, I, boom. I agree. And I, it can come from I just agree. nothing, like out of hmm. total thin air. I don't care how much help you get. I don't care how much support you get. You're still going to have those anxious times. You it's know? not something you get over. You just no. learn how to manage and, and cope. And you do. Right. Just recently, I was sitting across from my now partner, and I said, you know, I. I, I want to go home, okay, at a restaurant. I just, I just, I, I have to go. Right. I got I to get out of here. And I felt very strongly about that. I, I will literally start shaking. My hands will start shaking. Sometimes my legs shake. Wow. I, I, you know, I have this saying, just shut up to your own self. Yeah. <laughs> shut up to your own self. Yeah. I love that. I mean it. I just love shut that. up yeah. to your own self. Right. Yeah. That's, I'm going to start self- saying, I'm going to hear your voice in my head. I, I mean just it. Shut just self. shut up to your own self. And I'm going to be Can like, Can I say yes. that to you or no? <laughs> you can. But you have to say it in the country accent. <laughs> It's so beautiful that you guys have each other. Oh, yeah. wow. You know what I mean? It's so beautiful oh. that you can lean on one another. I'm trying to get well, better at say, it, babe. I'm you are, you are you great with it. You, come on. Yeah, you, you are great with it. We've had some of the, the best. When you, when you told me that you actually do experience anxiety, yeah. that changed my life. Yeah. You're I, my best friend, so uh, what can I say? I love you. So sweet. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Oh, yeah, my turn. We love you too, Gabby. Yeah. We love you too. 
Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank this you. Was guys. So, this sweet. Was so sweet. So sweet. It was. I was really honored to be asked to do this because I haven't been out in so long. This was a, a huge thing for me, and I knew I was going to uh, enjoy it immensely because it's a subject matter that is, has just wrecked havoc in so many lives. Yeah. And I just am so proud of you, all of you ladies, for bringing it all up, too. You're making a whole movement with people, with women. The whole purpose of the table, testimony is so powerful. Yeah, you it know? is. I agree. And um, sharing, is sharing, is sharing is everything. Sharing is everything. What's your tattoo? A Hindu goddess. Every single time I've ever gotten a tattoo, it's just like you're defacing your body. I finally got a leg tattoo. <laughs> what did you do? What did you get? And I got her. It's Aww. Kim. And she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that one you can keep. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 